Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, um, and it's actually verse 19 through 31. I decided last minute to include the last little bit, so just bear with me. But 19 through 31, hear the words of our Lord. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authority, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called twin, one of the 12, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, until I see the nail marks on his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas replied to Jesus, my Lord, my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, signs that aren't recorded in the scroll, but these, are things, or these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is Christ, God's son, and that believing you will find life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. One week ago, we celebrated the resurrection of Christ. And today, around the world, Christians continue to greet another, one another, by saying, Christ is risen. And we respond by saying, Christ is risen indeed. Many of us here this morning may have mouthed these words, but inwardly, we may be asking, so what? We have heard the story over and over again, but it simply remains a story detached from our lives. As we open with our new sermon series, Living Like We Mean It, and as we continue to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, it is worth pondering its interaction with us. Is the resurrection the center of our lives, or is it the story of the first Easter morning, simply another detached narrative that we store along with a number of other stories we have heard over the course of our lives? What difference does it make in our day-to-day -day lives that Jesus was raised? How has this truth changed us? Would our lives be any different if Jesus had not been raised? For Jesus' earliest, earliest followers, 
The reality of Jesus' resurrection changed everything. It transformed a group of frightened and doubting people into a movement that impacted the entire Roman world. It elevated a Jewish leader into a figure worthy of universal worship. It sent ordinary people with ordinary lives to the far reaches of the world. It can change our lives today if we have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. Our scripture lesson includes two episodes in the aftermath of Jesus' resurrection and a final comment by the author. In the first, Jesus appears to his remaining disciples, all except Thomas, and he breathes into them the Holy Spirit. In the second, Jesus appears to Thomas, who has his doubts, and Thomas recognized Jesus in all of his fullness and all of his triumph. Our text ends with an editorial comment by the gospel writer, which points out the overall purpose of Jesus' story. The story about Jesus has a purpose. This purpose is life-altering and uncompromising. The story of Jesus' death and resurrection points to one conclusion. Jesus is the revelation to us that we might live a life that God created for us. This is crucial information, and the gospel reflects just that, good news. The various stories of Jesus that circulate are not just stories solely intended for virtue or ethics. Although it does have a place for that, they are meant to change us as believers from the inside out that we might continue Christ's mission. John gathered these stories for one purpose and one purpose only, to inspire life-altering, world-changing examples of Jesus as the long-awaited good news from God, from the God who made it possible to enjoy life in all of its fullness forever. This is good news for all people. The intention of John's gospel and the gospel message in general is clear. The story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is a call to mission. It's a call for us as believers to live fully in the light of its good news and for us to go out and share that good news with everyone we encounter. Have we embraced God's mission? Have we experienced life, the life that God desires for us to enjoy? If not, what is holding us back? Our scripture lesson suggests that there are at least two things that hold us back from embracing life-changing call to follow Christ fully. Those two things are fear and doubt. Fear can be paralyzing. Imagine the lives of the disciples after Jesus was crucified. Their, their dreams had been crushed, their movement was stopped, and their very lives were in danger. They must have thought to themselves, will I be next? In the first two-thirds of John 20, we learn that Jesus' tomb is empty. Peter and John race to check it out, 
and they find an empty tomb, but no way to make sense of it all. They return home. Only Mary remained at the grave. She encountered Jesus. In John's version of the story, Jesus sent her to share that good news with the disciples. She returns to the disciples as Jesus asked her to, and she says, I have seen the Lord. Apparently, this eyewitness account from a trusted friend of Jesus didn't lessen the disciples' fear one bit. They remained behind locked doors. How many of us do not completely embrace the mission of Jesus out of fear? Yet, there is irony at work. The gospel claims that Jesus has conquered even the power of death, yet we continue to be consumed by fear as the disciples were. If God raised Jesus from the dead, what is left to be feared? Jesus appeared to his frightened disciples and breathed the Holy Spirit onto them. The Spirit empowers them to overcome and embrace the mission. Jesus authorizes them to serve a higher calling. The extending of love and mercy to all people on behalf of God. The life to which God calls us is one that gives life to others. When we move through our fear and embrace, and embrace life, Christ's spirit, Christ's power empowers us to participate fully in God's mission. What are we afraid of these days? What is keeping us from embracing the life that God has created for us? If Jesus is alive, how can fear keep us from truly living? What would it take for us to move beyond our fears? Doubt is the second greatest stumbling, stumbling block in the life, in our life. Thomas, forever remembered as Doubting Thomas, is unable to believe that Jesus is alive. Even after his fellow disciples proclaim, we have seen the Lord, he remains in disbelief. Doubt is as paralyzing as fear. And if fear keeps us from committing ourselves fully, doubt prevents us from fully embracing an idea or movement because of the fact that we might be wrong. Many of us are able to grasp the idea of Jesus' resurrection. Many of us are even able to recognize the incredible power that such an event would have. But many of us doubt. This is understandable. I mean, Thomas doubted, and he was much closer to the event than we will ever be. But doubt cannot keep us from Jesus. And the Gospel of John deals with Thomas's doubt by reporting Jesus met him face to face. In other words, John concludes that Thomas did doubt, but Thomas did not remain in doubt. Something happened. Jesus, the risen Lord, appeared to him. Thomas was transformed from a doubter to one of the most enthusiastic disciples in terms of mission. Thomas is alleged to have carried the gospel personally from the far ends of East India before 
his death. The passage includes other scenes of doubt in the face of Jesus' resurrection, but nowhere does doubt hinder a change in faith. Throughout the centuries, many of us followers of Christ have had our doubts. But time and time again, careful investigation ultimately leads to a life-changing faith. In our doubt, we find certainty. In our doubt, we find assurance. We even find our faith strengthened, as did Thomas, when he met the risen Christ and was compelled to say, my Lord, my God. At the age of 26, a woman by the name Cheryl Schrade set out on a journey. With no experience or training, she began to hike more than 1,000 miles from the Pacific Crest Trail, from the Mojave Desert to Washington State. Walking alone, she experienced hunger. She experienced thirst. She was lonely. She had companionship. She experienced terror, and she experienced pleasure. As she started out, she made a very important decision. No fear, no doubt. I knew that if I allowed myself to fear and allowed doubt to overtake me, my journey was doomed, she said. She continued by saying, fear is, to a great extent, born of a story that we tell ourselves. And so I chose to tell myself a different story, a story different from the one that women are often told. I decided that I was safe, I was strong, I was brave, and nothing can vanquish me. Her story and her journey was very dangerous, but she refused to let fear get the upper hand. She wouldn't accept the fact that she was weak and that she was scared and cowardly. Instead, she told herself a different story. She said that she was brave and that she was strong. And so she was. After completing this long, grueling hike, she wrote a book called Wild, which later became, turned into, it later turned into a movie and inspired many. Church, I pray that we be like Cheryl. I pray that in the face of our fears and in the face of our doubts, that we tell ourselves a different story. I pray that we remember that we are part of something far greater than ourselves. And I pray that that story might impact the lives of others as well. Jesus Christ is alive today, and the reality can and should change our lives. Following Christ and living out his mission of love and compassion is how we live a life that truly matters. Move through fear, move through doubt, and embrace the mission of extending life and love to all. This, this is how Jesus changes everything. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.